0: Well, good morning, Mariners Church. Thank you guys for being part of today. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm Paul. Uh, I am one of the pastors. Um, I, I don't know if you've, you've, you've noticed, but the lighting scheme behind is Super Bowl colors. Have you noticed that? Isn't, that? isn't that great? Isn't that great? Thank you, Lynn, for doing that. It's got the blue for the Patriots, and it's got the green for the Eagles. Um, I don't know who you're 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 rooting for. This is a tough game. This is a tough one for me to root for because I I I historically hate New England. I just I just I just don't <laughs> like them at all. But the the other problem is, is I've got some um in-laws from Philadelphia that I don't like very much either. So <laughs> I'm I'm torn. So so I hope my best hope is for a a great game and 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 just fun. Hanging around with with other people. Today is a really cool day. Uh, Beside it being Super Bowl Sunday, um, later on, as Lynn had mentioned, we're going to be having a baptism, and 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 that's a really a great thing. Uh, apart from seeing a person come to faith in Christ to say Jesus is now my Lord and Savior, when when someone's getting baptized, they're saying this is this is who I want to identify with. This is who I am now, and I want to give all my life to Jesus Christ. I think it's it's an incredible thing, and so. If you want to come back and witness that that's uh, it's just a marvelous thing we have uh, five or six seven people doing that and then later on in this service this is there's it's the lord's supper and and I think, boy what a great day all the way through this this is now right now we we're going to do a little bit of church family stuff and and we will call this a business meeting and and but it's the most unbusiness like business meeting a church will ever have um, uh you have uh, 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 these little Balance things here, and I'll talk. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what to do with them later, um, and you're gonna have a chance to do something. God has placed Mariners here on the coast, and 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 we kind of stand as a, as, a, as a unique place. And and I, and I love the church, and I love you guys because you make it what it is. You know, very real and very authentic. Just filled with coastside pe- peninsula people now um, that come here and just say, I come here not because I have to, not out of tradition. I come here because I what. I want to I want to I want to experience God in my life better and I, and I just I just love that and he 's given us great musicians and all that kind of stuff and 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 a desire that we would have is what Colossians says in the Bible it says we want to present people to God perfect in their relationship to christ i mean that 's what we would want we want to present people to God perfect in their relationship to christ and and that's what we want um, for you. And in order for that to ha- happen, a lot needs to go on. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be going on um, up front. You know, it's things that you see, but also behind the scenes. Um, I was sitting in, in one of the chairs in, in the very back, and there's a little hole in, in, the, in the chair. And I, I kind of thought back on, oh, man, you know, do we ever have to replace these chairs? Because I remember when we got these chairs you know, I don't know, a dozen years ago or so. And I remember having to look through a catalog and trying to find really, you know, inexpensive chairs to try and buy because, believe it or not, without chairs, we don't got a place to sit. And so there's things like chairs and sound systems and lighting and mortgage and rent and all those kinds of things that have to kind of be pulled together in order to make this thing happen. And and therefore, we have to get a lot of really smart people in our church family together and create a budget you have a budget at home, or at least I hope you do, um, in order to figure out where we're going to spend our money. Our budget this year is $1.1 million. Okay, I know, it's just, it just blows me away. That comes from us, okay? We do not have a denomination that, that supplies us with money or resources. We don't have all kinds of, of, of great benefactors that are outside the church that are feeding money into this place. Um, we don't sell my books and tapes anywhere because I don't have books and tapes to be sold. <laughs> In fact, we can't even give them away. So that's how it goes this one. So, so we we everything that is raised comes from 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 you, from us. And I think that's a really cool thing that God supplies His church with His people with with His resources, and so that's the way it goes. And so our our, our budget is is faith driven and. What's really cool is 10% of everything that is, is in the budget or, or that we receive goes to help people in the community and in the world. We just tithe, actually, our our money that we get to, to other people as well. And when when we approve the budget, we are saying, I believe this is where God is leading us as a church to spend our money, our resources, and I want to be part of this. I, I want to help support this as well with my, with my giving, and that's what you're, you're saying here. We also have great people. Um, We have a leadership team. We call it our steering team, and they're people that we feel have great skills and abilities to kind of help give support and encouragement to the pastors and help us make wise decisions. And kind of the way our church is set up, we need to um, elect those that are coming on to our our steering team each year. We have about eight or nine people that are part of it. And this year, we're going to be bringing on uh, Jim Davis and Lori Keller and um, Jason Madsen, who is a new dad and very proud of it, and that's why he sent us that picture. Okay, there you go. He sent us that, that picture. They're great people. They're godly people. We talk to them. And we know them. They love the church. They love you guys as well. And, and, and what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm, we're going to take a second and we're going to pray. And, and kind of if God leads you to, to mark yes, um, or if God's kind of telling you no, I don't, I don't want to support these people or this, you know, just mark it on here. And then, and then um, also the yes or the no. Um, whether you're a, a member of this church family or not, we do count this. We'd love to have everyone take a moment and vote, but we're going to have everyone take a moment and pray. So would you would you bow with me, please? So Lord, thank you right now for these moments and this time for us to consider a different part of church and, and that's just the way that you supply and we want to be good stewards of the money and so Lord, if it's your will for us to even receive 1.1 million then. Help us to use it in the best way possible to bring glory to your name. And I pray that you'd, I pray, God, you'd not just bring in that amount, but you'd bring in more so that we can do more things for more people in Christ's name. And give us wisdom as we would vote on that, and give us wisdom as we select those that will help in the leadership and the guidance and the stewardship of this church family. And so thank you right now. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. Would you go ahead and, and and just mark that if you haven't already? Um, go ahead and, and take a second and just mark that up. Uh, yes, no's all the way down, and then just fold it in half. Would you and and drop it in the offering bucket when it comes by at the end of the service? Just that's the way we're going to collect them. Okay, so just hang on to them or sit on them for a while, and and we will get we will get to that. A few weeks ago. Um, Lisa and I, we got up early, we're both getting ready for work, to go to work, and, and um, it's dark in the morning, and so um, <clears throat> as I'm getting ready, I, I coughed, which in my current state of being perpetually having a cold is not uncommon for me to cough, you know, I can't get over this thing. Anyway, anyway, when I coughed, the lights flickered, you know, I went <coughs> the lights, lights flickered, you know, and you, you don't know was at first, and then I coughed again, and guess what? The lights flickered again. So I said, Lisa, Lisa, I got the power, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got the power over life. Then she came out and she said, what, what? And I said, watch this, you know, and I coughed again and nothing happened at that point in time. Well, what was going on is a transformer had blown outside um, our, our, our neighborhood outside in front of our house. It, it popped and, and the auxiliary line was kind of waving around and, and it was flickering. It was flickering in the wind and 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 so it just happened to coincide with my coughing as it was it was flickering and so the power company had to come out and fix it and so for a day we had no no power we didn't have any, any, any power in our house for that whole day and i had to realize very sadly i don't have the power to say let there be light you know i don't have that power it doesn't exist in me but i also had to realize and and this is just a common duh thing and we all know this without light it's hard to see right isn't that true? Without light, it's very hard to see. For example, we have these lights up here, so you can see what's going on up here. But if we were to take down the lights, all of a sudden things go what? Yeah, and you're probably saying things are getting better, but uh, that's not the way we <laughs> want it to, to, to look like. It's called illumination. That's, that's the, the term, illumination. And, and when you, 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 you see it in, in lighting, It's great. It's also a biblical principle, this whole thing called illumination. There's actually a theological term, and we're not going to dig too deep down in there, but there's the, the concept or the principle of illumination. And what it is is when you take your Bible, your Bible has a lot of really cool and important things in it, and illumination says when you read certain things, sometimes God's Spirit will all of a sudden reveal stuff in your life that is pertinent based on this passage. God will, in a sense, and and we'll talk about this in a second, kind of give light to that passage on how it applies to you in what you're going through and what you're experiencing. Some of you have have, have gone through this before. You you, you know this. Maybe you've felt this as well. You'll see things in the Bible that I've never seen that before. We're in 40 Days in the Word, and we want to grow closer to God by learning more about this incredible thing called the Bible. And you think, well, what, you know, what is the, the Bible? Well, there's, there's, there's what we have called natural revelation that reveals God. Natural revelation is nature revealing God. You see the term nature is in that, in that thing. And you go outside, and wow, the weather's been great, and that just kind of reveals God is really good to us, you know, right, right now. And then and you, and you see the trees, blo- and there the flowers blooming in the ocean, you think, man, God, God's a God of wonder and a God of creativity, And those declare God. But natural revelation has a limit. There are certain things about God I can't get just from walking on the beach and just from looking at the ocean or riding the waves. There are certain things about God I could never understand. Somehow God has to tell me more about what he's like and and what I'm like and how I can connect with him. There has to be something more. I told you about this bird that keeps pecking at my office window. You know, I talked about that last week. I have this really incredibly annoying bird that pecks. At first it wasn't that bad, you know, just like, oh, poor little bird. You know, he's just pecking at my window. He's kind of lost. Well, now he does it every day. Every single day he lands on there and he pecks pecks, 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 and he flies away and he comes back about a minute later and he pecks and just blams his head into this whole thing. And I've gone from just kind of mildly amused to now I'm really annoyed. And have you ever kind of just waiting? It's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm just now waiting for him to come, and, I, and I'm, I'm all uptight about this one. And, and so in order to, to, to dissuade him, to keep him away from that, I put up this, okay? I put up that. <laughs> a little sign on the window. <clears throat> it didn't work, okay? It didn't work. He keeps coming back. And so I decided to get a little bit more biblical, and so I put up this. Go ahead, this one. I put that up, okay? All right? And you shall not back in window. And even that was not working, so finally I just put up this thing right here. There, There you go, so... Now, to communicate to birds, I have to speak what? I've got to speak bird, okay? I have to communicate to the bird in some kind of a way that the bird is going to understand. Now, to connect with us as people, God has to speak the way we speak. And this is what's called special revelation. And this is the Bible. And we look at the Bible and we think, well, if God is going to speak to us in special revelation... He's going to have to do it in a way that's reliable and unchanged and changes lives and reveals consistently what God is like, the condition of man, who we are. And i look through the Bible and I find all of those kinds of things, specifically how it accurately reveals God and his plan to bring humanity back to himself through Jesus Christ. I would never get that through looking at leaves and creeks and oceans and rivers. I can only get that through what's called special revelation. And what we've been looking at as far as 40 Days of the Word is, uh, how do we really kind of get into this thing? Because for a lot of people, you know, maybe even for you, it's a mystery book, you know? It's like I, I turn it open and I look at it and I can't make head or tails out of what Second Chronicles 35 means and why should I care and how does it even apply to my life? And it becomes a barrier to us and we know it's important in some way, shape, or form, and you think, well, whenever I hear a pastor speak, all of a sudden the verses mean something to me, but I can't get anything out of it on my own. And we want to help you bridge that gap in order where you can say, okay, when I'm reading Ezra 9 or Job 27, it's going to now make a difference in, in, my, in my life. And today we really want to talk about, again, how God takes this and illumines your world, brings light into your world. Jesus said this, but the counselor, meaning the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Now, Jesus is talking to the disciples at this point in time, and this is how we know that the book of, for instance, Matthew or the book of John is accurate because Jesus said, look, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff I'm going to tell you. It's going to be hard for you to remember, but the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of those kinds of things. But the dynamic thing that's going on here is what he's saying is that God's Spirit will be working in individuals' lives to help us grasp certain spiritual concepts and certain spiritual things. Jesus said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And this is what illumination is, and and, and here's a definition I just threw down. God's special gift to a believer that helps me see truths in the Bible and how I can apply them to my life. Helps me see certain truths and how I, I can apply them to my life. So David is writing, King David, and he wrote this in Psalm 119: Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And that makes sense to you. I mean, we kind of understand. Open my eyes, God. Help me grasp the things that are there. And you can take two people, one who's a believer and one who's a non-believer, and you can have them read the same chapter in the Bible, and one will just say, I, I, I can't make head nor tail of it, or that is incredibly boring. And the believer then would say, this thing's changing my life. This is a whole different way of looking at my life now. Now, we have how many senses? We have, what, five, sometimes more, seven, who knows how many we have. Sight, sound, smell, taste, and, and touch. And when God touches your life, they're kind of reborn. Jesus would use that that term before. And he would say this, kind of about the eyes of our heart. And this is another sense that he gives. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. All of a sudden, there's like kind of eyes in your heart that open up. And this is why when you all of a sudden you'll read a passage or something in the Bible, you will say, wow, that's touching me deep. Let's see how it works, okay? The Bible says this, do not be anxious about anything. How many of you, this is one of your favorite passages. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with saying thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we come to this verse and it's really okay to say, God, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in here. And it says first of all don't be anxious about anything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving that your request be made known to God and so the Holy Spirit kind of illuminates what 's going on, and I begin to be able to apply that to the situation that i 'm in. One of my kids in college um, was really anxious about something that wanted to get into this particular group and 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 kind of this big big thing could kind of really help help her in in her college life and so you know, she, she, she took a test and had some interviews for it, and we've been praying about it because it really means a lot to her, you know. And I looked at this verse, and I would say, okay, it says, don't be anxious. You know, see what it says. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace which passes all understanding of God's hearts. And I felt peace about this. God, whatever your plan is, it's going to work out for my daughter. Every, it's going to work out just, just fine on Friday, as I, was, as I was actually typing this thing up, I got a phone call. Um, and, you know, whenever you get a phone call from your kid, you take it, you know, no matter no matter what. And so I, I took it and, you know, Dad, I got in, I got in. You know, and she's in tears. and I'm in tears now. You know, I'm thinking, oh, that's so cool. You know, that is so cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I felt like, here's how this verse just worked itself out, you know, in this great, you know, and we had peace going all the way through, okay? So, so I thought, wow, this is great. And so hung up and, and, and now my, my, my mind is distracted. So I said, well, I'm gonna, I'll just check if I got any emails lately and, and then jump back into the message. Well, I had gotten an email um, from the, the property manager from the, the the buildings right here, okay? All right, you know where this one's going? Okay, yeah, and, and Pastor Len mentioned it. And the property manager basically is saying, look, there's a problem with parking here and and we're getting to the point where we're not going to let any of the church park in any of our parking spaces which is basically half this lot which basically means we could kind of it could shut down our operation okay now 5 minutes before i was looking at this verse with incredible joy and tears of joy and now i got to deal with this verse with incredible amounts of anxiety and frustration you understand now did the verse change? No, it didn't. But did it change in how it's going to be working in my life? Absolutely. Because now I've got to deal with be anxious for nothing, okay? Be anxious for nothing. But with everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving, let your request me. And the peace which... And so I'm having to work through this in a whole different way. The truth is still the same. The way it's now being illumined in my life and being applied in my life is, is different, It still works, but it's very, very, very different. Moment to, to moment, it's working. And this is the cool part. God individually takes this book and applies it to your life. So if there's 150 people in here, we can read a verse, and it'll be applied 150 different ways. I think that's so awesome that it'll come alive in 150 different ways. Not that the meaning changes, the meaning doesn't change, but the way it applies does. Now, I, I need to say this because some people will will kind of take take this the way God speaks to us a little too far, and so I, you know, I want to be a good pastor to you. Um, what this thing called illumination doesn't mean is that the verse has different meanings and they can only be discovered if God really gives you a secret meaning behind it, all right? Be careful when people say I found the secret meaning behind this verse or I found the secret meaning behind this passage or I found a secret meaning that no one else has discovered behind this particular part of the Bible. The Bible is not a magic book, okay? It's not a Harry Potter book where the words all move around or the pictures can all move around here and there and say different things. And so be very, very skeptical with anyone who says, God told me what this verse means. The Bible's been around for a really long time, you know, 2,000 years. And people have translated it and understood the grammar behind it and the syntax behind it and the words and the word meaning. It means what it means. There's no special or secret meaning behind it. And when people say, God has revealed to me secretly what this means, man, you back away about 10 steps from that and from that person. It It doesn't work that way. In fact, that's how cults start, you know. And be skeptical of people who treat the Bible like it's some coded message book, okay? Some people think it's some coded message book. And if you count every other word or every seventh word in every seventh verse, you're going to come up with something super, you know, something hidden and special for you. It doesn't work that way. At least I don't think it does until I tried this. I pulled some random passages together. Here, I just kind of dipped through the Bible um, um, a bunch of different times. And, and, and I said, man, okay, I'm going to do a Bible code on this one. And since three is the number of the Trinity, I'm going to choose every third word and see what it really speaks to me. And I came up with this right here, okay? Paul must buy a fly rock. God is speaking to me. It doesn't work that way, Okay. And it never has, and it never will. It's not a magic book like that. Now, does the Bible deal with things like me wanting a new fly rod? Absolutely it does, okay? Because it talks about giving, and it talks about stewardship, and it talks about all things being lawful, but it also talks about me not being controlled by any one thing, And it talks about me being responsible with the resources God has given me. And it talks about vanity. It talks about pride. It talks about all those kinds of things. Of course, it speaks to me about that, but not in that way. It speaks to me in a way a whole lot different and a whole lot deeper. Do you see how that works? Okay, two things, and we're going to be done. Two things that need to happen for illumination to take place. First of all, and this one's just really important. I need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? The Bible says this. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, somebody who's not a believer in Jesus Christ can't understand or can't translate the Bible or can't figure it out. It just means the depth of meaning that's going to impact and touch their heart and their soul, and the energizing that's going to happen with God working their life is just not going to happen. They're not going to get it. They're not going to make any sense of it. There's a, um, um, I just saw this, a commercial on TV for a new comedy series that's coming out, okay? And and it's called, believe it or not, Thinking Biblically, or Living Biblically. Heard of this? Living Biblically. And I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, Hollywood is going to come up with a show called Living Biblically. And I don't know, it may be a great show. It may accurately handle the Bible. I doubt it, (laughs) you know, because usually those things don't happen, you know. But it's going to be probably some guy that's going to look very awkward and very dorky because he's trying to live literally the way the Bible says a person is supposed to literally live. And again, we don't take the Bible literally. We take it plainly. That's the way we take the Bible, okay? I don't do all the Old Testament laws because... If I were literal, I would, but that's not the way you're playing. you supposed to take the Bible. So I'm freaked out about this, this show and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's another thing. But they're not going to get it. If you're a writer of the script and you really don't understand what the scriptures are saying, you don't even have the first clue on how to live biblically. It's not a knock. It's just simply about it's not going to be part of your wheelhouse of understanding. When you're reborn, people say for the first time, and maybe you've experienced that. I know I did. I've read this chapter a bunch of times. I've never had it speak to my heart like it's speaking to me right now. It's almost as if God is communicating directly to me. Same words. This is illumination. Second thing, <clears throat> you have to come to the Bible with a, a humble attitude. I'd just say a right heart maybe instead of humble attitude. You have to come with it a right heart. Valentine's Day is coming, you know. Make your reservations yet, you know? Um, Valentine's Day is coming. And, and remember when you were kids, you know, our little kids. We got some kids in here. Um, the, at school, we had to give out a Valentine's Day card in, in school. I don't know if they still do that or not anymore, um, um, but we had to do that. And everyone in class, <clears throat> and the rule was you had to give one to everybody, you know? And, 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 and it, what we did is you'd have to bring a paper sack, and the first couple hour, first hour, you decorate your sack. Remember that? You put, cut out little hearts and all these kinds of things and pinks and whites and all that stuff and, 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 and reds. And then you tape your little paper sack, remember this, to the edge of your desk. You know, you open it up and then when it was time, you know, you take your Valentine's cards and you'd walk, you know, and, you know, with names on it, you'd go to this desk and you'd walk over and you go to this desk. I'll go over to this desk. And then, and, <clears throat> and then, and then that was it. You know, you had to kind of Close the bag up and, and we're at the end of, of, of the day, and and so you you'd come home and and you could open up all your valentines. <clears throat> now, yeah, if the kid was cool, they'd put candy in it. You know, there's always candy in it. And remember those little hearts that have messages on them? Do you remember putting them in the cards? Remember editing which one you put in which cards? Remember that? You know, there's certain things like this one's not going to go in this card. You know, <laughs> no, 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 in this one. And 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 then then you 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 kind of read through the card and it's like. I was like, oh no, then you, you look at one and, and there would be from a girl and then there's the dreaded n- word love. Love, Kimberly. And you're in first grade and you go, oh no, you know, oh no. You know, Does this mean I'm locked into a relationship with this girl, Kimberly, because she wrote love? And you just, you know, you wouldn't let your brother see it or anything like that because like, oh, you know. And she wrote love and she even drew a heart on it and you'd be completely ready to die. I approach, and when we approach, and this is how to have a right heart with God. You approach this as God's love letter to you, written with a heart, signed by him, saying, I love you. How, how would I feel if I gave a Valentine's card and somebody said, oh, yeah, I guess I'm supposed to read it since you gave it to me? I would say, wait, wait, wait a second. You know, I put a heart on it, and I put candy in it, and I wrote love in it, and I sent, I sent it to you. I, I want you to read it and understand the heart that is behind it. The Bible is the eternal God saying to us, very puny us, sinful us, him saying, I, I want you to know me. I want to get to know you, but you have to open your heart up. And so I want you to know me, and and, and here I'm going to tell you how to to do it. I'm going to tell you some of the mistakes you've made and how you can make them right. And I'm going to tell you the story that is the most important thing in all the world in which the whole Bible points to, and that is that my son, Jesus Christ, entered into time and space because you did wrong. And this is my love story to you. Because you did wrong. <coughs> and and wrong needs to be punished. Wrong does. And I don't want to punish you. You deserve it. I don't want to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my very own son into this earth, into this world. Because he's my son, he's able to take your sin and your sin and your sin and your sin. He's able to take that on himself. All of it. So instead of me punishing You, I'll punish him instead. That's the love story of the Bible. And everything in the Old Testament points to that. And everything in the New Testament points back to that. That moment when Jesus died on the cross, which gives us forgiveness and a relationship with God. It's all right there. Jesus said, you search the scriptures, they point to me. Bible's not about fly rods. It's not about birds smacking into windows. It's not even about me living an easier life. It's not how I can become happy in life. It's about Jesus. And it's about his love letter to us. And I'm going to invite the worship team, the, the music people, to come back up again right now. Because what we're going to do is a time when we remember and, and we really, I guess, give honor And thanks for what God did. It's kind of scattered around the room. We have a couple communion tables here and a couple in the back. For those of you there, they kind of symbolize this whole deal that makes us right with God and forgiven. You know, that whole love story, Jesus said, I'm going to make it simple for all the centuries. Because for a couple, much a hundred years, people didn't have a Bible. Just weren't able to be printed enough. I'm going to make it simple. I'm going to give you two symbols. One is going to be a piece of bread, and one is going to be a cup of wine or juice. And they mean something. And the meaning of them is the bread means this is God sending his son down, taking on flesh and blood. And that's why Jesus said, this is my body. This is my body, which is for you. And the cup symbolizes the blood that was shed. And what Jesus said is, when you take these, remember what I did for you. Remember remember not just the love letter, but the love message that God is in the world in Christ. Not counting our sins against us, but put them on Jesus Christ. The worship team, they're going to be doing a song and as they do, you're going to be invited to come to the front and, or to the back and grab the cup and, and grab a cracker, piece of bread. And, and the way we do it here, if, if you're a guest or visiting with us, we hold on to them together and we take as a family. It's kind of a family Family meal, and so they're gonna they're gonna sing and feel free to come forward as they're doing the song and worship sing with them, and then in a moment I'll come back up and we'll take together. Would you pray with me now? Father, there may be people here this morning that have never ever quite gotten understood fully the reality of your love for us in sending jesus and Would you guide them right now? And, And I'm going to speak to you if you're one of those people and you would like to enter into that relationship with God and know your sins are forgiven. Boy, by faith, just grasp the fact that God loved you and maybe just say, Jesus, right now, I'm accepting the reality of who you are, what you did for me. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've goofed up. Give me cleansing and forgiveness and healing in your name. And thank you for your love for me. God now, Jesus now, as we take this let's fully remember and worship you in Jesus name